I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, a head of hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter, where you use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of The Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip-hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to the double dizzle with the I and T in the middle. Benny! Benny! <laughs> Benny, that's the greatest one ever. Bro. That's the greatest one yet. You got bars. I'm gassing myself up. And in, in typical fashion, in typical fashion of the topic today, I want to thank me on that one. You got it. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, man. That, that lifted my mood this morning. You always hit me with these. That one was, that's the best, man. That's the best. You're just stepping your game up. I love that one. It's a game changer, bro. It's a game changer. I love that one. How are you going today? uh yeah man it's pretty it's pretty good it's a very eventful week for me just uh been just been socializing That's socializing good. is a very long it's a, it's a very long thing isn't it it's, it's very yes it's very long but uh i guess rewarding in a sense but yeah i'm just uh i'm just i'm just happy to spend the day just just uh walking my dog listening to some tunes and just chilling so it's been it's been a good day today but yeah and that's been okay that's good man that's good should we get into what we listen to? Uh, yeah, uh, you can start if you want. I'll jump in. Probably um, taking one for the team. A lot for the, a lot of these. So, <laughs> actually, I, well, I did take a big. I took a bullet. I took a bullet for the team. But we'll get to that. But I, uh, I didn't actually listen to heaps. You know, I listened to uh, ASAP Ferg's Floor Seats. That was uh, mm. look, man. I think that ASAP Ferg is so much better when he has like a concept and he has like the stakes to his album. You know, he has to actually put some effort in. I'm not saying that he doesn't put effort in, but when he does his mixtapes, it's like, man, you can rap. I, I a lot of people when I posted his numbers were like, they think he's better than Rocky. I don't think he's better than Rocky. I think Rocky is one of the greatest. He has the greatest flow this decade. I think he has the most uh, like an insane flow. He just hits pockets that no one else can. But Ferg on this project, I just felt was a little bit lackluster. Mm. The beats were just pretty generic and boring. And, and that's not what I expect from the ASAP mob. Like, you really want, like, you know, you listen to Testing by ASAP Rocky and the, the, the beats on that were insane, man, like, just all over the place. And yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with that. Uh, I really want another album from Ferg. I want him to, like, really lock into something. Uh, listen to Young Thug's project. Mm. Um, man, that was an interesting project. Look, I, I don't know how to talk about Young Thug because I honestly think that he is... Well, I think he's one of the most pure artists in the game right now. I think we've spoken about it before where Lil Wayne and Kanye did this kind of auto tune thing in the 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009. Neither of them pursued it, okay? Lil Wayne did Lollipop mm. and got money and a couple of others and... You know, Lil Wayne went back to it on Dedication 3 a little bit and, and Rebirth, but they never really took the art and like, okay, now we're going to go mm. crazy with it. Future came in and Future did it. Mm. Future was like, oh, this is going to be me. Young Thug came in, but, but Future hit a sound and he kept that sound his whole career. Young Thug is just unbelievably talented. 
Like I went through his statistics of his 2019 features. He put in like, I think it was 98 different flows and like over 70 different vocal cadences in 29 features. Every 20 seconds he was switching his flow up. That's unbelievable. And if you listen to him in the Old Town Road remix, uh, he just slays it. Like uh, he just has this sense about him and, and this music, like musical art within him. I don't know, man. I don't know what he does. But unfortunately, what it means is his albums aren't always very consistent. And when he locks into a sound like Beautiful Thugger Girls, it's like it's pretty good. It's pretty consistent. But I think the reason he's never really gone very commercially mm. successful is because it's really hard, man. You get Young Thug in a studio, you don't know what you're going to get. He's, a, he's, he's an incredible feature artist. Uh, but this album, like, there was some really amazing parts. I love the one with Future. Uh, but... Yeah, it's a bit disjointed, and and a lot of people online said that it was there was a lot of fire on it, but uh, it just dragged on a little bit. But man, I, I'm I'm always happy to get new Young Thug, so that was good. And I did take the bullet. I listened to the entire quality control, control streets, an hour and forty five minutes, thirty <laughs> thirty six songs, thirty six wow. songs. I was one hour forty five. Yes, I was I was counting ad libs on this album, right? So it's thirty six songs. I I had in my head it was like twenty five. So I got to like twenty five. Took me two hours to count the ad libs, wow. and I got and I'm like, there's eleven songs left. Like what wow. the hell? So there, there are two thousand ad libs on this album. There's an ad lib every nine point six words. Oh god. Nineteen percent of Quavo's lyrics are just ad libs. Like, but but I will say it is actually quite good. It's too long. But um, Little Yachty kills it. Little Yachty was unbelievable on this. I know it's, I know it sounds funny, but like man, uh, this is old school SoundCloud Yachty. Like he came back, and I really I really enjoyed his. So we'll talk about Snoop's album after. But um, yeah, that's what I listened to. I would recommend probably checking out the first half of Quality Control and the first half of Thugger's album. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so this is what I listened to. Um, I actually started pretty slow. I actually didn't listen to anything until... Well, I actually listened to one uh, EP. I think it's an EP anyway. It's, 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 it's the length of an EP, so I'll see if it's an EP. Uh, during the week uh, by The Count. It's called Function. It's a it's a, it's a instrumental album uh, done by the good people at Chill Hop, uh, Chill Hop Records. Well, distributed by the good people at Chill Hop Records. Obviously, uh, provide the music for us here on DITD and also what's good um and yeah it's a very it's very funky uh, very disco like and i just i thoroughly enjoyed it to be honest it's a nice 17 minutes of just uh, pure disco disco beats kind of hip hop obviously infused kind of thing it's yeah it's very enjoyable very up very upbeat i, I love that uh then i got into the weekend and actually actually listened to some stuff uh shout out to blue and damu the fudge monk uh, ground and water uh, nice, uh, another collaborative project. I mean, this is I can't I can't fathom why Blue B L U. This one talking about the Los Angeles rapper. Yeah, yeah. How is he not so? How how is he not lauded more? Honestly, because he does. He's dropped two projects this year alone, and one of them is in you know for for in in many classic hip hop hip hop circles I've seen. They put that. They're putting that in the. They're putting that in the top ten of the of so far uh, for Blue and No No, uh, uh, a very lo- hot Los Angeles summer. I think is what it's called. 
Yeah, and uh, this one's is uh, it's not it's probably not on that level in terms of concept and uh, context, I guess. But uh, yeah, man, this is just a great set of uh, just a great album of just uh, you know just blue bars. Damn the Fudge Monk doing his thing as well. And yeah, man, it's a it's a it's a great album. So it's a nice it's a nice cool listen. Very thoroughly enjoyed it. And Blue just constantly, constantly just consistently giving great lyrics. And uh, and I can't I can't hail him enough for one of the most underrated artists this decade and uh, for the past fifteen years in my mind. Uh, I listened to Black Milk uh, EP Dive. I mm. think it dropped to earlier this this month, mm. a couple of weeks earlier. And yeah, uh, I've always had this thing with Black Milk. Whenever I listen to his projects, it's like, uh, obviously he's uh, self-taught. He's self-taught from rapping, self-taught from production standpoint. So it's very organic. Um, but I, sometimes, he, sometimes his production can be, there's always like an element that puts me off. I don't know what it is. It's always it's always a little something for for nearly every song, and uh, I kind of get that here as well with the EP dive. But you know, it's it's a it's a great album, and he's a great uh, he's a great creative. Uh, he, he's very creative with his um, with his production, and he has uh, decent rapping skills as well. So you know, as a as a rapper producer, he's very high level. But um, yeah, sometimes sometimes on the production side, it just there's always there's always something that just just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. That's just but that's just me. Uh, for for other people, I think uh, people really enjoy it for what Black Milk uh, gives on a on a yearly basis for sure. And uh, last two, until we get to the main topic of, t- of today's episode, uh, a couple of R&B uh, uh, records I actually listened to, both funny enough, but just by, by coincidence, uh, with uh, black and white uh, album covers. So I'll start with Snow Allegra, uh, S-N-O-H-A-A-L-E-G-R-A, uh, I've seen her. I've seen her music bandied about from a couple of artists I follow, uh, and they really enjoy her music. And uh, she gets she's gotten a lot of attention in the past couple of years. Apparently, <laughs> literally just came across my wire uh, this week during this week. And yeah, it's a it's a very um, it's sim- it's very similar to uh, Jamila Woods uh, who dropped her Legacy Legacy a few months ago. It's kind of in that vein. Um, but yeah, so she has a she has an interesting way of uh, singing, a uh, very 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 unique way, and uh, yeah, so it was kind of it was kind of enjoyable al- enjoyable album, and I can see the hype for sure. I can see the hype behind her and uh, why so many people in the industry actually rate her highly. But I want to shout out uh, Sy Elaine Spence, spelled S Y E Elaine Spence, normal uh, uh, album more because uh, shout out to my friend Caroline actually put me onto her uh, this week. And uh, I listened to her album more, and it's just—it's like floating in water. It's—it's so—it's so serene. It's very stripped back. It's, it, the only instruments you usually hear most of the time is like some strings, and uh, acoustic guitar most of the time. It's not Ed Sheeran level <laughs> stripped back, but it's—it but it's very stripped back, and her voice just floats on it. It's so great. It's very similar to uh, that Jordan McKay album that I uh, gave to you a few few months ago, Origins. Yeah, uh, it's very similar to that uh, from a from a I guess theme standpoint and a just how you feel when listening to it. They both feel like you're just floating on water, and uh, uh, she some she sounds somber, but it's so but it's very rewarding for a listen. And uh, so shout out to Silane Spence. That's just one. That's just. A very underdog album, uh, and I hope uh, hope people get on that for sure because it's a great R and B album. 
But we are here today, as you guys guessed from my amazing <laughs> Hall of Fame introduction. Legendary. Uh, we are talking. We are talking about uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, we've obviously in the past couple of weeks been doing these little re- re- retrospectives about Sir Nias. We obviously did Nas. We did Dr. Dre, and now we are doing Snoop Dogg. And I, I've been wanting. Uh, well, I've want, I've been hi- I've been hyping myself up for this all week long. As soon as as soon as Ben asked me what we're going to do this week, because. Because uh, Ben actually posted uh, via his obviously uh, Twitter hip hop band numbers uh, a little statistics thing uh, on uh, on Snoop Dogg. Obviously, he dropped his album. Uh, Want to thank me uh, this this week, and I'll get your thoughts on the album uh, quickly. Uh, obviously, after this, but after I say this, but um, when you when you drop them stats, the comments on that particular tweet, the comments got my blood boiling mm. because. I am not understanding the level of disrespect these people, you people, are giving to Snoop Dogg. I don't understand it. I can't fathom it. So we're going to try, well, I'm going to try personally and try and find out in my own mind why the hell you lot don't rate him as you should be rated. But we'll we'll, we'll start with uh, the actual, with the album uh, of Note, which is I Want to Thank Me. Uh, ben, I think from what I saw on Twitter, you don't rate it as much, which is uh, kind of surprising to me. So I'm interested in what your thoughts are on the album. Yeah, well, first off, offer it. I tweeted about the album just about 20 minutes ago, and the second comment was, "I'm going to be honest with you. Nobody's listening to a new Snoop Dogg album in 2019." And there's only been two comments, and the tweet has kind of gone cardboard. You know, it's it's going nowhere. Someone someone responded to that was said I did and it surprised me to be honest. Now I'm not going to blow these people up, you know, Twitter's everyone has the right to their opinion on Twitter and I understand like, you know, that's the the least vitriolic thing I've heard this week. We'll get to that later. But the album I've been listening to a lot so I've been listening to a lot of Snoop Dogg content, like uh interviews over and and podcasts over the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. the album is not that great. I think that the beats are just a bit of a mess. I, you know, look, I don't think Snoop Dogg, I think Snoop Dogg is one of the most versatile artists. I think his flow is so, it, it's so unique and it's so smooth and so buttery that it, it just goes over anything. Like we can already see this and he did um, that song Sweat in like, I think it was like 08, 09. He was on California Girls. He was on Buttons with the Pussycat Dolls. Like, Snoop is incredibly versatile, and there's a mm. song on this album, and uh, I think it might be Chris Brown or one of the other R&B artists that was on the album, and it was very sultry, like very sultry singing, very sexually based, and Snoop Dogg just, it was it was a very uh, sensual R&B tune, like very typical, very archetypical in that way, and Snoop Dogg just came in and slayed it. He just comes in with that flow and that cadence, and it's like, wow, that's amazing, but I think this album is just a little bit too disjointed. And I think that's the criticism a lot of people have leveled at his discography. Mm. So on Wanna Thank Me, like, there's some incredible songs, man. The first track is great. And when Snoop locks into that old school West Coast sound, he just sounds menacing, like really menacing. And I know that he's about positivity now, but when he takes it back to that kind of doggy style era content, which he's he's well within his rights to do. If anyone criticizes him for that, you know, you can at me because this is stuff Snoop Dogg lived through. And if you want to go listen to 
if you want to go listen to and understand what he's been through, go listen to the Rap Radar podcast. Uh, shout out Elliot Wilson and B Dot, or listen to Drink Champs. You know, Nori was just telling cool stories about what Snoop had been through in the past, and so yeah, just this album was uh, just a little bit disjointed and. I don't think he had a super clear focus. You know, 26.6% of the bars were thankful. So he thanked himself 114 times, which is great. You know, thank yourself. Like, you got to be your own biggest fan. <laughs> he also thanked Suge a lot. That track about Suge was great. Like, he really broke it down and broke down their situation, which a lot of people might not understand or might not know about. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, it, that was that was high mm. pressure, that stuff. Like, like there were points where, and, and Snoop said this on Rap Radar, where... Suge like wanted Snoop Dogg dead like he ordered for Snoop Dogg to die and uh, I mean that's coming out of Snoop's mouth like I'm not putting words into anyone's mouth there and you know Snoop sat down with Suge and they had a conversation and they smoothed it over and and we'll get to his activism later but like you see that in this album where he's just giving thanks he's being positive and loving and caring and whilst the album isn't that great you can totally understand the the thinking behind it and the message behind it and it's warm and positive and you know that adds a couple of extra points to the album even if the music isn't as good as it has been in the past but uh did you listen to it what did what did you think about it yeah i listened to it um i think the word you'll find you you'll you you want to find here is filler <laughs> yeah there's some filler there's a lot of filler yeah it's a good word there is some there is some yeah, there is some whipped cream in this donut. My God, it's uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of filler in here. Um, and yeah, I understand where you're coming from with this overall thought of it. And you know, I'm not gonna, I, I ain't gonna listen to it all again. You know, this is just being straight up. But yeah, same, um, same. I enjoyed the rides. I think I, I think I'd like to say I enjoyed the ride. Um, there are some there are some amazing cuts on here. And this is the thing, right? Just in the overall sense. Whatever Snoop Dogg album I listen to, it doesn't really matter whether it's the 90s or the 2000s or 2010s, I can always find at least one or two tracks that slap for me. And I think, uh, for this one in particular, Win and Time in June, that one with Nate Dogg on oh, it. Oh, yeah, Oh, man. my. Nice one. Wow. That is, that was so clean. That was so clean. That brought a tear to my eyes. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, why Nate? Why Nate? Why Nate? Why yeah, Nate? Man, Honestly, because that was just such a track. That was such an amazing track. But um, yeah, I, I think I think I I think I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I'd like I'd like to think uh, just of it. It was just it was just a lot of filler. There was a, it's just a, it's a modern album for what it is. You know, it's, it's 22 tracks. It's mad long. It's longer than it should be. And isn't that every? Isn't that pretty much any co- uh, commercial hip hop album yeah. these days? Obviously, yeah. isn't. I'm being very hyper, uh, giving it a lot of hyperbole here. But yes, yeah, so, you know, that's uh, how, how it is. But um, yeah, man, there's just a there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool gems on here. Uh, include and it's funny you mentioned the uh, the sugar the sugar night. Uh, I think it's let bygones be bygones. That yeah. particular track. Yeah. Um, that just uh, that really surprised me because because uh, obviously you know if you 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 describe you describe a little bit of the history there saying that Sugar wanted Snoop dead at one point and you know I'm trying to think about that and I'm just like hmm could I could I make a track where I'm just like going yeah we're cool now <laughs> after a do want to be dead <laughs> I don't, I don't know I don't know if I can ever uh, personally get to that level uh, of of peace with uh, with somebody. Uh, that's just that's just how it is, but um, 
yeah, that was a that was a very interesting listen. I was very I was hanging on words. There. I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's okay. a great story. Mm. I was just very interested by that, uh, yeah. by the storytelling uh, of that. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a very interesting track. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of tracks here that are you know that I think warrant a listen. Uh, obviously, like the Chris Brown one you mentioned, and and just one more, and just you know one more thing about just one more minor negative, and I've noticed this in the past couple of years. Um, where does uh why why are people putting Swizz Beats on so many features? Mm. He he's he's not he's not that he's not he shouldn't be that sought after for a feature person in my mind honestly like uh common put him on a single recently Hercules and I'm just like can can you've got anybody else you know it's just <laughs> it's just he just always seems out of place to me that's just me um you know I heard Swizz on a couple of these tracks and I'm just like he didn't why why he didn't why sound great him, my guy <laughs> he didn't that's sound just great. me but um yeah it's just weird. It's just it's just weird whenever Swizz comes on a feature for me. I, I, he he's like, I guess when when Lil Jon comes on a, on a feature, I know what Lil Jon's there for. You know when um I don't know who else like uh, when Charlie Wilson hops on something, I know why he's there. When Swizz hops on a feature just to talk or just to you know do the be, do the hype man thing like a flavor flavor whatever, it it don't feel right. It 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 just doesn't work for me. But um you know that's just a my negative and that's not really. That's just shit on Swizz, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the the album was uh, obviously a lot of filler. It's just a lot of stuff. But once you get through, I think once you cut it down t- for yourself, uh, there's a lot of good tracks on here. There's a lot of things that are worthy of a listen in my mind. And uh, that's kind of, in retrospective, <laughs> what we're doing here, that's kind of uh, most of Snoop Dogg's career for, in terms of albums. Like there's There's always plenty of gems, but there's always a few tracks that just... That just don't fit, and they're not, they don't really have right being there. But uh, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later on. Well, we can have a look at his 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 discography because it was. I mean, the response to that tweet, the 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 kind of like breakdown of Snoop's career was quite interesting. People were very critical of his of his discography. Some people were even calling it trash, which is a very hard. It's a very high. <laughs> you know, tra- mm. trash, mm. trash is a, trash mm. is a rough word, man. Trash is a rough word. You want to start throwing trash around, heavy, like, heavy word. Like now, you're putting him in the Nav DJ Khaled category, and and I can't, I can't sit by while that happens. I'm like, man, this is not trash. And and Snoop's last couple of albums, I know he did Bible of Love, and I'll talk about that in a little bit because Snoop did explain his thinking behind that and why that was an important album for him. But you know, Never Left and Kool Aid and Bush, his three albums prior were actually really good. Like, front to back, they were really solid albums. And mm. Reincarnated was great. You know, I really liked that album. But I think the problem that happened was Snoop Drops, Doggy Style, okay? And we've seen this across the board with rappers who drop a classic debut and they really struggle to back it up. And in hindsight, mm-hmm. people look back on their discography mm. and it's like... It's like a, one of those buzz things like uh, lyrical, miracle, spiritual, or you know, dust or whatever. They they gravitate towards it. It's like now because you didn't back that mm. album up with another classic, you're no good. And that's why a lot of people put. And this is going to be our thousandth and twenty fifth Jay Z mention. That's why people put the blueprint so highly because because he finally backed up Reasonable Doubt, and everyone was like, oh okay, that's all right then. He can do it. Mm. And if Jay had never had done that, 
If Jay had never had done the blueprint in the Black Album, I think he would be considered the same. And it's just this weird thing. But as soon as you have that second classic, everyone starts viewing your discography significantly more positive, like in a more positive light. And so, I mean, that that was a disappointing thing about Snoop's second album. And and he said this on, on Rap Radar. He was like, of course it wasn't a great album. He's like, I just beat a murder charge. Like he was, you know, he was on trial for murder. And he got off. He said Suge was in jail. Tupac had just died. Dr. Dre didn't produce anything on the album. He's like, what did you expect, man? We weren't in the right headspace. Like, we were mourning. We were rebuilding. We were growing. Mm. We were trying to mature. We were trying to move away from the content. And that's what I have always loved about Mm. Snoop Dogg across his album career. And I'll fight anyone on his 2000s discography. Like, Paid the Cost to Be the Boss is the album, along with Blueprint 2, that got me into hip-hop. You know, I listened to Drop It Like It's Hot. It might have been Beautiful that was on that album, one of the one of those mm. big singles. And, um, man, like, that was mm. massive in Australia. It was probably Beautiful. That was massive in Australia. And I went out and copped the physical the next day. I'm like, mm. that sh- the boss would like to see that, that beat at the start? Like, are you kidding me, man? The beats on that album were insane. He had Stoplight on there, Long Beach to Brick City. Like, unbelievable album. And, and all of his 2000s albums were very consistent. I bought them all on CD. I've got them all in the car. I put them on. I listened to them front to back. The one exclusion is that horrible uh, Lil John collaboration. I don't know what that track is. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Lil John. I think it's on Blue Cartman Treatment or it was Step Your Game Up. Like, man, it was on Rhythm and Gangster. Now, that is a garbage song. You ever want to go listen to a garbage song? Mm. You go listen to Lil John screaming out, uh, Break It Down, Bitch. Let me see you back it up. Drop that ass down low, then pick that motherfucker up. Grab this dick. It's ben, yours. For the, for the bitch. culture, please give us, a, give us a little John. What? I can't do that, man. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> when we do when we do our little John retrospective uh, podcast episode, you can lead with that. Yeah, yeah, I'll sure. leave that. I'll leave that to Dave Chappelle. But um, but no, look, I, I think it's unfair on Snoop. You know, his review scores have been not that bad. You know, in the 90s, his review average was 71.2. That's pretty equal with Tupac. It's a little bit below LL Cool J. Um, mm. There were some pretty epic acts in the 90s. You know, mm. the Roots were about 79. Nas was 77. But then, like, post-2000, his review score dropped way down to 64.5. But I think that's I think that's too low, man. I've always mm. loved Snoop's discography. And I don't... I, I, can, can you explain this? Because I don't get this trash thing. I don't get the review scores. Maybe I'm listening to a different Snoop Dogg to everyone else. Maybe he's one of those acquired tastes and you have to really like him. And if you do, you're going to like everything he puts out. But if you don't, you won't. Like, how do we explain this? Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a matter of... Um, I, th- I think it's just... I, I really th- do think it is just a matter of, like, a, a nostalgic, I guess. Or... Is it, is it, well, you mentioned the debut, obviously, Doggy Style, right? And how, you know undisputed classic of a hip-hop album that is and everything around that including the murder case it's just it was just a perfect storm yeah, yeah. and i think people this is this is, this is the, this is the you know we talked obviously we had an episode on critique and music criticism I, I really do think sometimes 
that people can't get out of their way in terms of thinking about past work. I, I, re I don't think there's such a... Th well, probably not... I wouldn't say such a thing, but I think people really put, put too much emphasis on the fact that, oh, I, I went into this album with no expectations. Bollocks. You went in there with expectations. You want is We all go into an album, no matter what it is, unless it's someone who just came off the face, who just fell off the face, uh, fell on the face of the earth and just came out of nowhere, then obviously we'd have no expectations. But we want doggy style. That's people we want. And, you know, from, you know, referencing my intro, that is a very antiquated <laughs> intro. <laughs> he doesn't do that for shizzle nizzle. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't done that in like, like God knows how many years. That was probably his, that's 90s. Snoop, you know, and uh, you know when I when I did that uh, Jay Z, uh, uh, boy, you know that's 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 mad old, that's mad old Jay Z. That's you know these are very antiquated uh, uh, parts of their careers. Um, I just I just did it for the fun of it, but um, yeah, I think when you look at his um, his No Limit run, just for example, right? So the three albums, I think it's like last uh, last meal, and I forget the other two names, but I I can remember the covers. But yeah, I I haven't I haven't listened to those in I don't I don't know if ever or in ages. I think I remember listening to the Last Meal when I was a you. But yeah, I don't remember them at all. And obviously, you know, we can you you talked about the Dogfather, which is you know where you you set that you set up really well in the context of that. So yeah. you know, we can understand why that was why that was doo doo, um, and why it probably shouldn't have never went out. You know, if if yeah. we're being real, you know, uh, but um. If you look at his, I guess, uh, you know, from No Limit, and then he changed up to, uh, obviously, like, uh, I think, Capital Records yeah, on or, Capital, or something yeah. like that. I forget. You went to another label, Geffen, I think. Yeah, it he was. went to Geffen next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he, switched, he switched up labels constantly, and he switched up himself constantly. You know, he's he's evolved several several times he has shedded a lot of skin yeah, he went definitely. from the gangster uh, gangster thing which we all love we love the we love gangster snoop dog mm. and for some reason people don't didn't like the pimp snoop dog which was you know rhythm and gangster blue carpet and uh, paid the cost yeah you know all that all that kind of stuff the 2000 stuff and then he went to i guess uh obviously snoop lion uh he did that funk he did that funkadelic oh, kind man. of homage days of uh, thing going on that was incredible um, i love that album yeah so man. Much, man yeah seven days of fun uh, yeah that, that too you know he he has evolved so many times and i think you know you, you mentioned you mentioned young thug actually um before and my problem you know well not my problem with young thug but the thing i think why pe why people can't grasp him as as much as his fans would like people to uh, the mainstream to do is because he shed skin so much he literally is onto the next thing he he's like a, uh, uh, I guess a, an artist in the painter sense, where you know a painter doesn't paint the exact same painting all you know every time. Van Gogh did the uh, did the flat sunflowers. Did he do sunflowers again? No, he d he didn't do the exact same picture again, did he? He does it once, and then they're on to the next one. Young Thug does that. Uh, Snoop Dogg's done that in a way, in a not not in the you know uh, the purest sense that Young Thug has done it, but uh, yeah, you know, Snoop has shed his skin a lot, and I think that is something that people can't 
don't like. You know, some people yeah. like the familiarity. Yeah. Um, apparently, his voice and his flow, which hasn't changed since the, his, changed. since his debut, it hasn't changed. No. You know, his lyrics hasn't really changed that much. He still talks about the same stuff. He has a wife and kids, but he still talks about smashing. <laughs> he still <laughs> talks about pimp life. You know, it's yeah. just it's just how it is. But I, I, you know, like like you said, um, I can't really, I personally can't pinpoint why people don't rate him and uh or or, as, or rate him as highly as they do with the particular one album that we're talking about the album in the sky which is doggy star um but well hopefully we get that we get to that in the end in terms of finding the conclusion and i'll try and think about it but uh yeah man it's uh it's it's kind of uh, it's a really odd thing it's a really odd feeling looking at his discography for me and i'm just like that's a good discography. Yeah, like, those of artists I agree. would love to have a discography. Like I agree that. entirely. But um, and that longevity as well. Same, with, you know, it's the same when we talked about Dr. Dre. Yeah, that's fa- he found the longevity from a production standpoint. Snoop found the longevity from a from an artist standpoint. He's he's kept it interesting for himself, yeah. and that's kind of what matters. I've thought about the um, the the rap unicorn episode that we did. I've thought about that a lot this week as it pertains to Snoop Dogg. Um, and obviously, and I think you have stats on him, Tech Nine and E Forty. There's a specific stat for that. Yes. Uh, the, 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 I hope you. I don't know if you have it. Um, I got it in front of me. Yeah. But, but I don't want to put you on the spot. But um, yeah, once I saw that, I kind of thought about the rap unicorn episode because obviously we were talking about Andre Three Thousand and Lauren Hill in that sense, in the fact that they haven't dropped anything in you know eons. But though those three in particular have dropped constantly, they've had a consistent you know, flow of drops, and that's just what they want to do, and I'm completely fine with that, you know, some some albums hit, some albums don't hit, yeah. um, I love Madness in Wonderland, I have heard nobody say they like Madness in Wonderland, I really enjoyed that back in 2009, you're probably the first person I, I've ever heard that said they like Reincarnated, to be completely honest, Reincarnated, yes. I have heard nobody I say they like album, the, the Snoop Lion, but that yeah, album. that's just... Yeah, man, that's just—it's just—it's just how it is, and uh, it's kind of—it's—it's it's so fascinating looking at Snoop's career just from a, just from an overall perspective. And I've kind of totally forgotten the question you originally asked, but, just, but I hope I—I I don't know. Well, uh, we can't in some sense. We can't answer it. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. We can't answer it because a question I asked was like, why? Why are people? Why are people calling it trash? And I don't think we know the answer to that. Did you come up with an answer mm. during that? I, I guess they. I guess people have. The the ninety Snoop in their minds and they're so in, it's so ingrained into our minds. I mean, you know, we referenced Ray Compton for the Dre episode. Who was Snoop in that? It was Lakeith Stanfield doing a ninety Snoop. That's all we know of. And you know, when when it came to the two thousands, obviously he shed his skin. He went to the pimp uh, the pimp phase. And I mean, I loved it, but I I don't I don't really know. I just I, I, and it's not as if right. And this is another point. Um, it's not as if this is all inauthentic. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't see. I don't listen to Pimp Snoop, and I'm like, oh, this is fake. This is fake as shit. He's not. He's not a pimp. You know. What I mean? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He's incredibly authentic with everything he does. You know, you can you can not like the gospel. You can you can not like the Snoop line. You can not like the DJ Snoopadelic, but. I find it authentic. Uh, it just, I just find it part of his DNA. Uh, I find it that he's paying homage to these particular genres of music and particular cultures, and it fits. It fits. He's kind of a chameleon in that way, but 
yeah, I it's it's just one of these. I'm I would like to say that it would probably it could possibly be you know don't want to bring it up again, but maybe it's meme culture. Maybe maybe mm. maybe it's probably not, but maybe there's something there. And um, that's just a theory that I'm just going to throw out there. I'm not really you know putting my cape on for that, but i just I just can't really find a reason in terms of why people don't rate him as much. Uh, you know, we could throw out the fact that he does all the reality TV shows, and people yeah, see that yeah. side of him, and they're like, "How can know. you? How can you be? How can you be a pimp, but you also cook with Martha Stewart?" I don't know, I don't know bro. One. I really you don't know, know. I thought a lot about this just then while you were talking, and that Tech Nine E Forty Snoop uh, statistic is that Snoop has the third most Billboard Two Hundred entrances as the lead artist. In history, as a rapper, like twenty five, and this Mad. this will probably be twenty six. So E forty's yep. got thirty two. Uh, mm. Tech Nine, I think, has twenty seven now. Now I'm gonna run off like all the releases Snoop's done because I think I've worked out a little bit of an answer here. Sixteen albums, one reissue, six collab albums, four soundtracks, sixteen compilations, twenty five mixtapes, one video album, and three EPs. That is a lot of content. That is heaps of content. Now, I while mm. you were talking, I pulled something up. Mm. I pulled up Pusha T's cocaine mentions in his entire career. So, of the songs on Genius, there were okay. 372 songs on Genius. Pusha T mentions cocaine 1,472 times over 20 years. Okay? Now, if we look at Snoop's <laughs> weed mentions, okay? So, oh. if we look at Snoop's weed mentions, they're super low. Uh, let me just get that tweet up. It's somewhere. But what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make here is that Pusha T said it really well. He said, I drop every once in a blue moon to separate myself from the kings of the YouTube. Now, Snoop's weed reference is only 38 an album. That's really low. If you compare it to Pusha T's cocaine, it's high. These artists that seem to lock into Mm -hmm. a sound and lock into a content structure and only release music sporadically or like, very rarely and it it goes back to the rap unicorn uh episode because what if andre 3000 had released that amount of music how do you really think we'd be putting him in our top five who knows but it seems unlikely because no one's no Mm. one's ever done that Mm -hmm. look at eminem if he'd stopped that relapse people would have looked back at relapse and been like you know what because it is actually a good album they would be like you know what it's a good album god great discography great three classics in five like, they'd be like, holy crap, man. But he didn't. He kept yeah. going. And you look at Jay-Z, like, jumping around. You look at Nas. If he'd done if he'd done Illmatic, it was written. Maybe you have Nostradamus thrown in there. And then you have Stillmatic. And then maybe Streets Disciple or Godson or something stops. It's like a great discography. But when these artists start moving out into different areas, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you know, you, you've moved away from what we originally loved you for and we're not coming with you. And the thing I like about Snoop is that he's gone and grabbed different demographics and different fans because, you know, he's done some crazy stuff. Like he did that uh, sexual eruption song. He did the wet song. Like Snoop's, Snoop has reinvented himself. We talked about reinvention on the Dr. Dre episode. But Snoop is, you know, we said that Dr. Dre is the only hip-hop artist to go platinum in four separate decades. Snoop's done it in three, and I guarantee you he's going to do it in four. You know he's mm-hmm. going to do it next year or, like, mm-hmm. in next decade. Maybe. He's going to pop up with Wiz. He's going to pop up on Maybe. Yeah. on some pop song. 
he's gonna he's gonna freaking do it, man, because he he just keeps reinventing himself, and I really like that. But yeah. I think that's why people are not mm-hmm. giving the respect to his discography that I and we believe it deserves. Because you're right, people aren't reviewing or listening in a vacuum. They're not going into something with no expectations. That you know, they're not even going into a Snoop Dogg album in 2019 because they're like, well. He never made another doggy style, so why should I bother? I'm like, man, you're missing out on some incredible music. Like, you're really missing out on some great music. So I just wanted to make that point, and I think that's probably the reason why it's gone in that direction. But we can talk about... We can talk about his extracurricular stuff. I wanted to talk about his singles, but I don't think we need to super talk about his singles. I think we already know that he kind of re-upped his uh, relevancy in the mid-2000s with Pharrell and the Neptunes, with uh, Beautiful and Drop It Like It's Hot. Like, come on, man. That beat on Drop It Like It's Hot is just knocks. It just knocks like crazy, man. That went number one. (laughs) That went number one. Even Signs was a good single. Like... He had some incredible singles. Like, did you want to speak oh, quickly man, on those? Because yeah. you, you're having an emotional reaction, and I want to let you. I want you to get it out. Yeah, let me just get let me just get a couple things off, right? All so, right, right. um, I, I'm just I'm just thinking about it now. Actually, I, I probably Snoop Dogg was probably like the first American rapper for me personally that I could I could listen to the their singles, their you know the select their select singles, right? And I could know the words. It, he was probably the first American hip hop artist for me, honestly. Like my sister had like Last Meal on tap. She had RNG on tap. She had the uh, Paid the Cost on tap. I heard Signs constantly. I think oh, that was like number two in the UK charts here. It was song. playing constantly, bro. Constantly, I heard that song so many times, and it was absolute bop. I can listen to that now when I'm still bopping. Well, actually, I did. I listened to it tonight, <laughs> on, on, just while I was waiting for you. I was, I was, I was blasting that. It was such a tune. I'm not gonna lie. Great yeah, song. man. Honestly, right. Think about this. If it feels like a, um, I think what was the um, what was the album? Um, uh, I think it was, it, it was either Blue Carpet or Paid the Cost. Or even RNG, I don't know. It's one of the three, but the Neptunes was on that were on it constantly from a production standpoint, and obviously Pharrell from being features on it. Yeah, um, it they, they could have easily they could have easily done like a collab album together, and it would have just been oh, bop dear. after bop after oh, bop dear. after bop. I firmly believe that in a parallel universe, Snoop and Neptunes would have been just absolute killers on the commercial chart. Honestly, that would have been amazing because. You 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 named a couple tracks, but there are there. I know for a fact there's like three or four more with Neptune's production that Snoop is on, and it's and it slaps. And yeah, they, they didn't even have to chart, but they still sound good. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. His 2000 singles run was so unprecedented. Honestly, I agree. for me personally, I agree. but yeah, Let, gas over. Let me. <laughs> no, man, that you're 100 percent right. Like. Yeah. Uh, paid the cost to be the boss. They were on a couple of tracks. A rhythm and gangster on a couple of tracks. Uh, they were on a couple mm-hmm. on Blue Carmen treatment. But yeah. but they, I think it was Bush. Was it Bush that he locked in with Pharrell? Yeah, he locked in with the Neptunes for the whole project on Bush. But it was a little bit. It was a little bit after. You know, it was. I thought that was a good album. But uh, that that mid two thousands man, like, and Snoop mm. was popping up on on guest boss. Like he was on PIMP with Fifty Cent. He was on. Uh, Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. He was on Holiday Inn, but yeah, the, he, Vado. Like you were listening to Vado before we came on air. Ah, oh, like come on, man, come on. The video for that, like, 
bro, his 2000s was epic. Like, so Drop good. It Like It's Hot. Such a classic. Beautiful got me into hip-hop. Beautiful and 03, Bonnie and Clyde. Beautiful played here incessantly. Like, no one ever stopped playing that song. And, yeah. and I picked up Paid the Cost. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are people not talking about this guy? Like, how could... That album, to me, I got it on vinyl now. I'm like, that's incredible, man. But yeah, so that's his singles, like, far out. Like... What what are we doing here? Why why are we why do we have to defend Snoop? I don't get this. People out there. Yeah, why are we trying to justify there, it? You, it's mad. What are you doing? The guy's a freaking legend, man. He makes incredible music. <laughs> All right, fuck. Let's go on to his next his next because <laughs> I'm starting to get worked up now. So all right, let's go on to his movies, TV shows, and everything. Like, dude. Are we going to get into this now? Like, we have to get into, like... We have to start bringing up his fucking filmography and TV shows. Like, I was watching Starsky and Hutch the other day with, um... Uh... Who were the two guys in that? <laughs> Owen Wilson and, um... What's their old mate's name? Uh, ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Ben Stiller. Bro, come on. Actually, Snoop said that that was his favorite... Uh, his favorite movie that he ever did. He was talking on... I think it was Rap Radar. And, uh... Yeah, he said that was his favorite movie. But, man, he was all over things. He was in Old School. That was a great cameo at the end of Old School. He's just been in so many movies. I'll get the tweet up while um, if you want to talk about it. But because there's a... Oh, it's it'll be in the tweet. Yeah. It'll be in okay. that, that Snoop tweet. Because how much the album, the, the movies that he's been in have grossed. Hang on. Let me find this, man. Because it's insane. Like, people... people... I'll, think about, I'll think about this, right? Think about this, okay? Um... I was, I did see a clip from, I think it was Drink Champs that you mentioned, and he was talking about how Master P basically taught him how to, you know, get money and keep it, basically. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, have that residuals going on. So I'm just, and why are you, th- why are you talking about, you know, the, the films, the TV, on top of everything else? Like, I think that is, you know, we could, we need to just give a little hat tip to Master P there, because... Okay. I think Snoop. I think Snoop really took something from that t- his No Limit days. Uh, regardless of what you think of the music, uh, the 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 lesson, the gems he clearly got from that experience of being on No Limit really just set him up for his whole for the career he has now. He's every, he's honestly think about this right. Just think about <clears throat> if we're thinking about the most. Uh, the, the the people most synonymous with hip hop culture, right? We can name like Jay Z, we can name Tupac, we can name Biggie. Snoop is right there. Of course. Snoop is right there in terms of being just synonymous with hip hop culture and just being Snoop Dogg as a person, as a persona. It's absurd of how, like, he. he I don't think. I, I, Honestly, with with him, with them lot, and you can throw an Eminem there to make it uh, to make like a top six. Like, I don't think like there's nobody on earth that doesn't know who Snoop Dogg is. <laughs> it can't be possibly like regardless of what you think about the music, the fact that he's widened his portfolio to be this to be this high, and we he's haven't even talked about like the business side, like the the weed business, the weed he stuff, has, the GGN part he has, and, and part in that. Yeah, man, like. <laughs> we haven't even we can't even touch on that right now but it's absurd man the portfolio he has is absolutely crazy you know there are there are artists that we value right that just focus on the music people like Kendrick that we value highly and J. Cole that focus solely on the music and we love them for it 
Snoop can do whatever the fuck he wants, pretty much, and it will it will do something. It will do something. It might not it might not slap. It, uh, you might think it's trash, whatever, but it's gonna happen, <laughs> regardless, because he just has that. He has that acumen. Yeah, he man. really does have that acumen in the, in pretty much the same way that Dr. Dre has. He can be the artistic boy that he wants to, and he can just give you give you like a few tracks or give you the features uh, that that will just that will be such an earworm in your head for years and years and years. But he can still do the business side, and he can still do just the 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 you know the being the per, being Snoop Dogg persona. He can do it anywhere, and it's just it's just amazing to think about. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what people want. I don't know what more they want. Like he's he's grossed over one billion dollars at the box office, and he's had over <laughs> nine billion YouTube views. He has a he has a freaking stage show. Wow! Like the dude has a stage show. He's been in a ridiculous amount of movies, uh, TV shows. He was uh, in video games. Like, bro, I don't understand. But we can get into, the. I think, the most important part of his career. And I think his music is incredible. But I've been listening to him talk and I've been watching his moves for the last, you know, five, six years when I've really been tapped into this. But his activism with regards to violence mm. in america and police brutality and yes trying mm. to bring gang gangs together now he was talking on rap radar and i don't know the full specifics of this but after i think it was after big past uh, rest in peace man that was brutal he snoop said that he was scared for his own life he said he thought he was next and now while that i first that hit me and i'm like man you really think that snoop but then I was like, hang on a sec. Like, Snoop was in, in the middle of all this. He was in the middle of Puff, Sue, Suge, um, mm-hmm. Tupac, Biggie. Like, that makes sense. And he said that he, he talk, talked to uh, Minister Farrakhan and said, what do I do? Like, how do I, you know, he, what should I do here? And Farrakhan said, like, I'm going to bring people yeah. together and we're going to sit down and we're going to have a discussion about what's going on. And Snoop said that, a whole bunch of people came. Uh, he didn't say specifics, but this is a legendary thing. Apparently, Nori talked about it on uh, on Drink Champs as well. He he was in attendance, and it was just a bunch of rappers and and prominent people around the time who had differences with each other, sitting down in a room and discussing what was going on. And apparently, Fat Joe like you know uh, asked Ice Cube what was going on, and they squashed their beef. Apparently, Nori squashed a couple of beefs. Like it was very mm. important. And I was listening to Snoop talk mm. about his issues with Suge, and he was just like, "Man, that guy wanted me dead." And like, he's like, "But I had the upper hand. I had the, I had more people. You know, I, I was in the, I was in the box seat. I could have, I could have won that. And if I won that, you know what's gonna happen." He said, "I didn't want to do that." He's like, "I had love for that man. Mm. I'm like, why would I want him dead? I just want this to end. I want an apologies. I want, mm. I want it to, to go back to the way it was." And every every step along the way, you see Snoop doing this. Like when him and Game met up, and and Snoop said he was because it was I think it was after another police killing. <clears throat> There's been about a billion of them. Fucking police over in America, just unbelievable. But um, Game called him. Game <laughs> called him and said, "Look, man, I, I want to do something, but I don't know what." And, and Snoop said, all right, well, let's do something. And Snoop said that he was dressed for war. He's like, I'm ready to go to war today. But Game had 
the idea of let's go yeah. and talk to the police and sit down with them. And the way Snoop broke it down was incredible. He was mm. like, man, this this was an essential meeting because all of a sudden these gang members could say to a policeman if they're in a compromised position, look, I've, sp- I've got the mayor on- in my phone. Like my friends can call people and tell people in power what happened because we had this meeting, we had this sit down, yeah. we had this walk. You know, he's been trying to bring the Bloods and the Crips together. Like uh, he had YG on his new album and there was a great skit on that album uh, I'm not sure who delivered it, but it was talking about how the Bloods and the Crips were fighting each other in the street, but when they're behind bars, you know, they they look out for each other because that's they're in the system now. You know, this mm. they're fighting oppression and racism together. And the way that Snoop has brought all this to light, mm. very, very mature. The way he speaks, very mature, very calm, very insightful. And I personally think that's one of his most important aspects. Like it just really blows me away and, and I'm very thankful for him for doing that stuff. Yeah. I think that, I think that is actually very understated uh, and good work, good words on that. And I think I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave my thoughts uh, of this episode on this, right? <laughs> I think we, the, the, of all the things we underestimate on, uh, on, on the, on just the, aura of what Snoop Dogg is like we people sleeping on the music they sleep on the business acumen but I think the biggest thing that pe- people sleep on is his ability to just one be respected by everyone in the game right now and to the ability to 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 use his to use his platform in a way that is positive i guess um he's nearly 50 years old now and the 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 way that he's been trying to obviously shine a light on these kind of things uh, the stuff that goes on in los angeles specifically in california uh politics as well i mean the ep uh that he dropped a couple years well last year i think or a couple years ago make america crip again <laughs> like, like that, that's obviously a direct uh, response to what's going on in u.s politics right now and mm. you know i enjoyed that ep in particular but um the fact that he just went out of himself uh went out of his way to make something like that is you know all the more respectable and um his uh the, the the fact that he can just he 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 matured in a way like you know if people we okay when people talk about you know the that death row era and obviously all the all the bloodshed that went on and all the turmoil that went on during the late 90s there there are many people that would have that could have been in Snoop's position and could have just crumbled they really could have crumbled yeah but Snoop found a way to a get out of that situation alive, yeah. uh, to make the most of what he's got and make more of what he's got. The fact that he's here right now, you know, just doing what he's doing from an activism standpoint, from a business standpoint, from an artistic standpoint, you know, it really it, the I want to thank me is really a just from the name. And obviously, from the speech which comes from, which originates from, with his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame speech, um, it really is kind of just a, a a bookend to what he what he's become, uh, of just he did he did all of this him in in a way where 
no, nobody else probably could have done it. Nobody could have found that strength to have gotten out of what he got out of and managed to, you know, find, to nearly start again, in a way, from a music standpoint, to go to No Limit and just, you know, and try and build back up again. Um, that's that's new. That's a new it's a new environment. That's a new way of doing music. In, in, well, probably, <laughs> maybe well, definitely different than what De- how Death Row did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the the evolution really can't be understated. And I'm being completely serious here. I'm not being you know. This has obviously been an episode of just a uh, pumping free gas <laughs> into Snoop Dogg if he ever hears this. Um, but I I I don't think we can really understate how how he really doesn't have to be in the position, well, how he, uh, how he could have not been, have been in this position he is, where he's literally respected by everyone, not just in hip-hop, but in most, in all of American music, country, pop, whatever, rock, you know, he, he, he does features with every freaking body. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, and that's not probably from a, you know, that's just from a respect standpoint. You don't do a feature with someone you don't respect, yeah, he does. It, he's done it with everybody from George Clinton to fucking Lil John. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So you know, yeah, this has been a very uh, give Snoop his flowers while he's here because I do really think he should have his flowers right now um, while he's here and while he's still doing great things uh, for in many many facets of American life. And uh, you know, I can't, I can't salute the guy enough. I really cannot salute the guy enough. Yeah, I just think like, there's that's the conclusion, man. Like, I don't think you can, you can salute him anymore. Like, I don't understand why people aren't placing him up there. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the mechanisms are. You know, I'm not in. I'm living in Australia. I'm not really 100 percent sure how people feel about Snoop. Uh, you know, over in America and what they're going through, but from here. And I, I apologize if I've yeah. been disrespectful with regards to gang culture or anything like that. But from here, it looks like he's trying to be a very positive influence. And his music is great. He seems like a great person, very mature, speaks speaks insightfully, uh, delivers knowledge. And I mean, I can't say much more than that. I love Snoop. I'll always love Snoop. So thank you, Snoop. Big facts. Right. Uh, we shall get to a lighter note and this is all Ben here so I'm just going to sit back and let your boy cook I'm going to apologise to people in advance because we just did a very positive episode and I'm going to make this this is a heavy note so if you want a lighter note turn off right now but I have to talk about this because it's been pissing me off for freaking years and now it's just this this week has been the perfect storm I'm going to start with Nicki Minaj but I'm not going to end at Nicki Minaj now if anyone has been consuming hip-hop content over the last week, they know that Nicki Minaj went on Queen Radio and Joe Budden's podcast and cursed them all the fuck out. Like, just went off. Went off so much that Joe Budden, she just cut his mic off and he couldn't even respond anymore. And he got up and left. Like, it was just crazy. So, the thing that really pisses me off about Nicki Minaj is she has an incredible sway over her fans. And ever since these two uh, episodes... My mentions of any any mention of any female rapper that isn't Nicki Minaj have been flooded with just vitriol, just like fuck Cardi B, that's just payola. Nicki didn't have to suck a dick to get this, or things like your numbers are fake. 
they're not real. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? This is a billboard's numbers. Like, they're not fake. You can do the math yourself. They're like, no, they're fake because Nikki got it without payola. I'm like, stop using the word payola if you don't even know what it means. So Nikki is just putting the battery in the back of her fans, and I really dislike it. I really like dislike it when anyone with any kind of sway or any kind of influence in society does not recognize that they have a responsibility to the people that follow them and the people below them to lead them in the right direction. Now, Nikki knows this, okay, because she went on Twitter and I've got receipts and she started trying to drag the RIAA because they haven't recognized that Superbase apparently is diamond. Apparently, they're not recognizing 2 million worth of sales that Nicki Minaj thinks they should be, right? So her fans in the mentions, started blowing them up. Like, oh, we're going to gonna be on their neck for life. We're going to drag them. So Nikki responds. She's like, um, the barbs are on timeout. You all better sit down and leave them alone. It always falls back on me when you act the fool. You are children only a mother could love. And I'm your child. Uh, sorry, I'm your mother. She says then, I'm going to go on live again and call you out by name to cuss you all out. She then says, like someone responded to this, so she quote tweeted it with, okay, I'm going to go on live right now and cuss you out, and I'm going to start with you. I'm like, bro, you know that by saying, I'm going to put you on my Instagram live. Like, of course you want to be on Nikki's Instagram live. That is not a deterrent. Then she gets on Joe Bunn's podcast and just eviscerates Rory, who asked a very simple question. He's like, how easily people can be swayed by opinions we put out there. I think that you need to address the Nikki hate train. Like, do you feel any responsibility? For five minutes, she just went off her shit at him. Now, I'm using Nikki as a start because I don't think that people are... I think people are very, very impressionable, especially at this age. Now, my problem is with politicians. It's with opinion leaders. There are these two people in Australia, Alan Jones and Peter Credlin, and they were on TV the other day talking about gun violence in America. And Peter Credlin literally said, I've seen Fortnite. I know that video games must be responsible for this gun violence. Like Ricky Gervais said in his comedy special, we're in an age where opinions have become more important or equally important as facts. I saw these two people and they are, you know, Peter Credlin was a freaking political advisor to the prime minister a few years ago. This idiot is on TV saying that she thinks because Fortnite is violent, that all the gun violence in America must be because of video games. I didn't see a fucking statistic anywhere. I didn't see shit, man. They just sat there and talked for 10 minutes about this and Sky News put them on TV. I'm fed up with this shit. And in this country, man, people use fear to just manipulate the masses and play populist politics. And that's the age that we're living in. That's why Donald Trump is a president. Now, I do not blame the common people. And I'm part of the common people. That is not a derogatory term. We are part of the masses. Okay? Life is fucking hard for all of us. You know, we have to fight, we have to earn money, we have to live in a capitalist structure. It's not easy to be alive. The people that I blame are the people at the top with the responsibility. And these are the people who should be making the hard decisions, who should be saying the fucking world is dying from climate change. We need to do something, even if it sucks, but they're too scared and insecure. And they're like, nah, man, that's too scary. I'm going to turn the other way. 
and I'm gonna say, that's gonna raise costs. So we're just gonna focus on coal. Or we're not gonna do anything about climate change. We're not gonna, it's just ridiculous. And so what do you think the masses are gonna do? Of course they're gonna be scared. These people like weaponize fear and fear is a freaking primal urge. It is inbuilt into our DNA structure. Like it is designed to keep us to survive. So anytime anyone tries to manipulate you with fear, that is a horrible thing to do to someone and people do it all the time. And I don't mind if you do it on a personal level, like, you know, that's that's bad, but it's not that bad. If you're doing it on a full scale political level where you're trying to mobilize an entire group of people to vote for you based on fear of something that you as an individual are too weak willed, are too scared to turn and face and look at and say, I'm going to try and fix this, even if it means that I have to suffer. You are a bad freaking person, man. And I'm fed up with it. Like, I'm really worried about the world. I'm worried about the world because we have these people in charge. They're just bad people, man. The Prime Minister of Australia, you're a bad person. We have the National Disability uh, Insurance Scheme in Australia, right? It's for people who have mental health issues, physical disabilities, and they cut $6 billion worth of funding. You know why? Because they wanted to maintain the cost of living, the low cost of living for the middle and upper class of this country. So they, they campaigned on that. They said, if we continue spending at this rate, you will lose money. You, will be, you won't be able to buy your fucking latte every morning. Or you won't get that $20. That means you get to go to the movies on the weekend. For the middle and upper class. For the people who are living below the fucking poverty line in this country, they didn't give a shit about them because they're not, they're not populous enough to, to sway the vote. So they cut $6 billion. And now they're hiring legal teams to like stop people from getting into the insurance scheme. People, like they gave someone a wheelchair with no wheels. They needed a wheelchair. They said, you don't need wheels. They didn't give them a, f like it's ridiculous. And I'm just like, <coughs> fuck man. I, I've been thinking this for a while and I just, I, I'm so angry at the way the world is going. I'm really scared about it. And I've been sitting on it, but it's not your fault if you're listening right now. Like, this is not your fault. This is the fault of the leaders. This is the fault of the people in charge. And, uh, you know, I'm not placing this all at Nikki's feet, obviously, but it's a mechanism. And just be fucking aware of this shit. You know, if someone's trying to, if you're scared, if someone's trying to make you scared and you think, well, I better vote for this person because I don't want my standard of living to go down, do some research because they're probably using that to manipulate you into voting for them. And that's just weak-willed behavior. That is childish behavior. I don't want those people in charge of countries and the world. Like, that shit's scary to me. So, yeah, man, I have to fucking go off. I'm just pissed off at the moment. Yeah, um, this is, this is, I mean, not to prove my point, this is kind of why I have what's good to be, <laughs> as a podcast, to be honest, because this, this shit happens on a weekly basis for me where I just have to just talk about one something in particular yeah uh either pertains to politics or race or just uh general shit going on um i completely agree with obviously everything you said there and uh on the nikki point i just i i, I said this to my i said this to my mate who was uh, who i was with at the time when uh you initially sent me uh the voice message saying you want to talk about this kind of stuff uh this stuff and um i said to him uh you know, when it comes to Nikki, I just feel like your your fan base your fan base says a lot. 
you know it does it does it starts with you you know you're you're the source you're, you you yeah. are the river nile here in terms of what's going on so if your fans are toxic then you are toxic in a way and yeah. it it needs to be corrected um you know when i see fans of people i like i like to think that they're half decent from a fan base now that may be just me being in the uh, in my echo chamber, but for most of the time, I just see uh, positive vibes from I don't know Rhapsody fans or Lil Sims fans or Loyal Kana fans, Kendrick fans. I, I find I find it quite serene. But you know, when I see some stuff like Nicki Minaj coming through and just blowing every building down uh, with her voice, it's just it's just jarring to look at sometimes. And um, you know, I've started actually seeing uh, uh, videos on Australian politics, which is bad funny. Not even from you retweeting stuff or responding to it. I literally just start seeing them all of a sudden. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence in any way. Um, no. It's just how people It's just how people are responding to these things. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, is a, it must be troubling. And, you know, there's obviously similar problems here in the UK that um, I'm sure you, you're aware of. But... Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, man, it's just a, uh, it's it's just a matter. I think I think it's just a matter of uh, you know always keeping persistent and you know just uh, constantly for me anyway because I don't I sometimes feel a little powerless trying to you know uh, do stuff about these things. I can't I can't like you know go to London every every day and protest like some people. Um, so that's usually what I do my podcast for anyway, um, what's good. So that's the, that's the only thing I can think of as things to just, you know, speaking what I feel needs to be talked about sometimes. And, you know, this is your platform as well as mine. And, you know, it's completely fine in my mind for you to, uh, to air out these grievances that you have. So respect for that. Ah, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's hard. You know, I talked to, um, I was talking to Winnie yesterday about this and, and that old adage of each one teach one. And I find that hard to do because, like, I think it's very important if you're bringing someone knowledge that they have never have before. But in this case, it's like people have already formed their opinions on these matters, and it's it's pretty hard, man. It's pretty hard to to cut through that. But uh, we just got to keep fighting. You, my my dad said something really interesting a couple of years ago that really, because because when Donald Trump won, when I first heard it, I'm like that's fucked i have no idea how that happened but i said let's give him a chance like let's see what happens i just started deteriorating rapidly and like racism was up you know everything was just terrible over there and i said to dad like man i don't know what to do like i feel completely nihilistic and, and helpless and he's like what, what else we're we gonna do you keep fighting he's like you fight every single day you wake up you fight you go to sleep you wake up you fight he's like that's all you can do you keep fighting for truth and what's good and uh that's all we got to do man like we if if you're passionate about this don't give up there's plenty of people out there passionate too and and we have the truth and what's right on our side and we just got to keep fighting and that's all i can say on that well said we shall leave it on that all right uh ladies and gentlemen hope you've enjoyed this episode of digging digits um very <laughs> God, this is a night and day episode. This one that was a crazy episode. <laughs> Very night man. and day, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> 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 I, hope you, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. Regardless, uh, I have been. Uh, I'm Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I'm Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. And this has been Digging in Digits. We have hoped you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a good week. We shall try and do the same. And until the next time, 
well, <laughs> wait until the next episode. <laughs> Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chocolate Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip-hop buying numbers, bonus points, and your hop records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been the Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip-Hop Buying Numbers Collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.